The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hold up. Before we get into this episode, you guys saw I just launched the Skinny Confidential product line. It is all about micromanaging your face bloat and my face bloat. Let's be honest. I can run a little puffy, especially after one too many rosés. We have an ice roller. It is the ice roller of your dreams. It's thick. It's silicone. You can place your thumbprint in the perfect place so you can really press hard and get that lymphatic drainage. It's also so cute. I'm telling you, it's way bigger than those other ice rollers that break. And it's also, of course, pink. We launched it with an anti-inflammatory icy ice queen facial oil to tighten and soothe and cool the skin. They're really the perfect duo if you run puffy like me. And we are offering all Skinny Confidential Him and Her listeners a code. Use pink ice queen for 15% off. This is redeemable for the ice roller and the oil separately not the duo. That is 15% off all regular items. Pink Ice Queen. That's shopskinnyconfidential.com. You are going to be so snatched. My God. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential. Him and her. We built our community based off those salons, right? So it was where people could go to experience Olive in June. And they would come in from Australia and come for their Coachella Manny. And like they would come to Olive in June and then they would go out to the desert. And so you had all the, and then you had influencers and celebrities and you had so many, and then regulars that were just diehard. So you just had a small amount of people, but like a culty small amount of people that were obsessed with the brand. And so we got tons of press and everything kind of scaled off of that. It's been incredibly emotionally difficult to not have them open because they're like my family. I mean, that, and I love connecting with people, but it's been easier to run one business for sure. And I think as we think about what in real life Rolf and June looks like next, I don't know that it's full service. It'll be a really interesting transition for us 2022 and beyond. Hey, 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 this is a full circle moment for me because we have the founder of Olive and June, Sarah Gibson Tunnel, on our podcast today. And what's so funny is I, when I first moved to LA, was such a little stalker with Olive and June. I would go there, you can like scroll back to 2000 freaking 15 or something and see that I Instagrammed Olive in June. It's seriously the most Instagrammy nail salon in the world. And what they've done during this pandemic is so incredible. We get into it on this episode. They've really been able to pivot to this incredible online business. They have this Manny system that I cannot stop talking about. It's truly the only system that lets me paint both my hands. I'm one of those people that can do one hand so perfect. And then my other hand just looks like Taylor's razor burn. It's it's not a good situation. So Sarah Gibson Tunnel, she's the founder of Olive and June. She named the salon after her great-grandmother and grandmother, the Gibson women who taught her the importance of having high standards and a big heart. Everything she does is branded. She has high standards. And in this episode, we talk all about how she worked for 10 years as an equity sales trader at JP Morgan and Morgan and Stanley in New York City and how she transitioned into this Instagrammy aesthetically pleasing brand all of in June. She lives in LA with her husband and her four-year-old daughter who she says has the most amazing hair. Sarah to me is, is not only such a boss, she's cool. And, you know, for me, it was hard to get my group of friends in LA 
I have my friends in San Diego and things are just so busy here and chaotic. Um, And she's like a real one. You know what I mean? She's down to earth. She's cool. And in this episode, she gives you specifics for how she got to where she is. You've got to check out Olive in June. I have not stopped blabbing about it. She also offered a discount code, which Taylor is going to tell me right now. Taylor, what is it? Okay. It is 20% off your first Manny system when you use promo code skinny at oliveandjune.com. That's pretty cool of Sarah. Also, we have a giveaway at the end and that's fun too because she's giving away a Manny system. With that, let's welcome Sarah Gibson Tunnel to the Skinny Confidential, him and her podcast. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. I cannot believe you have not come on the podcast. I have a hundred questions for you. But first, I want to get the story. I want to get the juice. I want to get the skinny behind your childhood. Let's go back. Let's do it. Have you always been entrepreneurial? I think a little bit. My parents... I think a little bit. My parents are both entrepreneurs. So I think I I definitely grew up around entrepreneurs and love that energy and that enthusiasm that it takes to be an entrepreneur. But I started my career in finance. So I did 10 years working for Morgan Stanley and JP Morgan. So I didn't take, it took me a second to learn what my entrepreneurial journey was going to be. Where'd you grow up? So I grew up mostly in the suburbs of New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, a little bit in California. And then I went to college at Colgate. So. Okay. And so were you in one of these situations where you wanted to slit your wrist when you were in finance or did you actually <laughs> like it? I really liked it because I love clients. Like, and I, my clients were really fun. They were hedge funds. It was in, you know, the aughts. So it was really fun. It was a different time, but I, I really liked it. I, I really like making people happy, but I also like to have fun. So I was going to like 40 Yankees games a year. What do you mean? Tell someone who has no idea. I mean, what, listen, that world, that world could be a, I mean, yeah, what, times have changed maybe a little bit. It's, are we talking like Wolf of Wall Street? Like, what do you mean? So I worked on a trading desk. So I worked literally, yeah, when you think of, when you think of Wall Street and all those movies where um, people are sitting on a trading desk one after the other, that was me. I was an equity sales trader. So my clients were hedge funds and basically like they would call and and would trade order. So I want to buy a hundred thousand shares of Citigroup, et cetera, et cetera. And I was the caretaker for those orders. So I loved it. It was super, I mean, working at Trading Desk is like the fastest pace job probably ever. And I I really thrive in that environment. I think that's why I am entrepreneurial, why I did end up starting a startup. But you're in that environment and it's a total pressure cooker. So you have to just be so focused and make sure you're constantly executing to like hedge fund standards, which is obviously super high. But I liked it. It is definitely, I don't really care if the market goes up or down. I mean, obviously I do like in theory, but I don't, I didn't really care. And every day would go by and my bosses would be like, are you going to start like reading the fundamentals of the market? Are you going to like read the journal? Like, I'm like, I'm never going to read the journal. It is going to be the paper that sits outside my door that I kick with my high, like in my high heel, like on the way out. And I'm like, oh, that thing. I just never really cared enough. I loved the people, but I didn't care about the market. So at some point, I think push came to shove and I was like, I need to do my own thing. Sounds like you like the energy too. You love the energy. You it with your pedicured toe. (laughs) (laughs) I did kick it with my pedicured sandal, like very expensive shoe because that's- it with your manicure. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Because that's all I had. I like literally just had, you know, when you're in finance, you're making a fair amount of money. So I just would spend, I would just shop. And it became a very vapid existence of like, I'm not actually creating anything here. I'm not actually doing something for other people. I'm just literally making- 
rich people richer. And like that wasn't super exciting to me. I I got over that pretty quickly. What was it like being a woman in a very masculine job? I like it. I think, I mean, hard to hard to be like this is masculine or feminine energy, but like ultimately it's a very driven, passionate, aggressive environment. And I I like that it was not emotional. Like for me, I do really well. And we have some mutual friends. I think you guys probably like, I do well with people that are less emotional than me and just like are very direct and straight to the point. And so that environment was really good for me. I'm I'm an emotional person myself. So I don't love to surround myself with other highly emotional people because it's just, it, it kind of throws me. You're an emotional person. Really? I'm an emotional person. You seem like, like, a little bit opposite than that. I am a very emotional person. I'm super sensitive. And I, like, I have kind of two sides to me, but this, uh, but I am an emotional person who I like to be the most, um, most emotional person in a room so that there's nothing more emotional than me. So when you were, do- <laughs> when you were doing this job in finance, you were the most emotional person in the room, which was like where you were thriving. Yes. I, I, and I would, you know, I'd be like, go in the bathroom and cry when I was upset. I mean, I just, I really, I can cry at a commercial. Like I get really, people DM me and say that Olive and June has changed their life because they now have beautiful nails and they feel so good about themselves. And I cry. It, mean, it means so much to me. So at what point did you decide, okay, you said this was a vapid existence. When did you decide I'm done with this? Like I've had enough. Was there an epiphany? So I feel like this is the podcast to do this. I, because like most of these podcasts. What does that mean about this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like. Wait, I, I'm going to wait to hear what you have to say. <laughs> well, I feel like I normally just talk about like work. I was at the time basically separating from my husband, my first husband. And I was basically like, I'm, I'm ready for something new. I like, I've worked in this job that kind of like satisfies my like daddy issues in the sense of my father really worked in finance for a long time and he was super proud of me and I was making enough money. And like, so I was status like on paper where he want, my dad was like super proud of me and I was breaking up with my first husband and I was like, I need a break. How long were you married? The first husband I was married like 10 months. Okay, short, short. Yeah. Yeah. So I just was like, I need something different. I need something new. And so I started coming to LA and I thought LA was like this like weird place. There's no culture and like nobody was really friends with everyone. It was like very fame oriented. And I think there are stereotypes that there are stereotypes for a reason, but LA is also a wonderful place where I found like a million friends I love. And so when I started visiting and meeting people, I was like, oh, I could see myself here. And it was so sunny and always pleasant here. And so that kind of started me on my LA journey. What advice would you give for someone that's going through a divorce? That's not an easy feat. I think knowing that it's going to be the worst when you're in it, like when you are in that moment, it is, it is the worst it will ever be. Like my, a couple of my best friends are divorce attorneys, one in LA, one in New York. And they always say that no one ever regrets getting divorced. So it's this powerful thing where you feel like, should I be doing this? What should I do? If you are feeling that way, the other side will be better. Let's change the subject really, really fast. (laughs) (laughs) So when I get divorced to marry my second husband. Right. It's a wonderful life I should over text here. Look, you. Everything is going to get much better for you. They say first you marry for love, then you marry for money, then you marry for companionship. Oh, yeah. really? So your third husband will be... I can't <laughs> wait. Who is he? Number three is like my jam, companionship. What are yeah, we going to do? the next what guy for we, the money. Get what the- will we do on companionship? <laughs> will we travel? Like, by the way, I didn't know about this. How old were you when you were going through your first divorce? I was go. By the way, I like how you say my first divorce, like there will be a second. Like, well, we're, there we've, could be. Wait, we've already decided there's you a know, three. Yeah, <laughs> three. <laughs> Lucky number three. I got married when I was like just 29. And I got, I started the process of getting divorced when I was 30. And so when you got divorced, were you like, 
oh, this feels so good. And then you simultaneously left your job at the same time. I was feeling personally like it, it's a roller coaster. So anyone who's going through a divorce, like there will not be all good days. But and by the way, I was going to like paint my nails in this podcast. But of course, now we're too engaged. Forget it. <laughs> I forget the red manny that was going to happen. So I think it's a roller coaster. And I think ultimately you it's it's tough. I was really excited about what I thought the future could be. I was devastating someone. And I think that was really emotionally hard on me. I don't think, I don't know if they would agree that they thought that that's how I felt, but I felt terrible. I was like, I'm hurting you. And I don't even mean to, but we're just not meant to be together forever. So I don't know if that answers your question. Was there any tools that got you over it? Books? Friends. Friends. Friends and therapy. Therapy. Yeah. We just had Emma on from Good American and she opened up about therapy. What uh, what what do you think about therapy? I, I, I want think people it's amazing. to be more open about it. Oh, I think it's amazing. I think if you don't like therapy, you probably have the wrong therapist. Um, That's the trick, though, is like, tr- tr- how do you find the right therapist? Yeah, you're like dating, it's like yeah. finding a person that you want to because you have to be honest. I mean, the person's not they're legally bound to not tell what you're telling them. But if you don't feel comfortable, then you just got to find a new therapist, especially in couples therapy. I think that's the hardest is that finding a therapist that you both like and doesn't feel like they're siding with one or the other. Like if someone's going to side with my partner, then they're obviously immediately fired. We've done like 360 tryouts on this show. We see who we see who would be the mm-hmm. best person to coach us through what mm-hmm. we're going Do through. you still I, have I a would therapist with now? Her, so. yeah, I know. So you're out. I haven't found a therapist that I'm obsessed with. I don't have a therapist currently, but I'm I'm always ready for a new therapist at any moment. If you find one, will you tell me? Sure. I don't know if it will, it'll be the same match, but you might as well. And now see. it feels like it's all remote anyway. And it's like we're friends. We're not best friends. So it would be perfect. Okay. That's perfect. Right. I, I, yeah. It'll, it's, like we it's won't be bitching awkward. about each other. Right. 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 <laughs> I actually did that once. I went to the same therapist of a friend that I was having a fallout with. It's that a rough, was not strategic. It was not strategic. No, no, that was like when I was 23, though. You live and learn. Okay. So after you got the divorce, you simultaneously left your job and you just decided I'm moving to LA. Yep. So how does that go? I left my job and my dad actually had me work for him for a little while. Like he offered me a job and I took it. And that was like super motivating to get out because working for your family member is incredibly difficult. My dad and I have a very wonderful but complicated relationship. So so I was like, okay, time for me to go to Los Angeles. And then I started coming out here and I had this idea for the driver for nails. And so once that kind of form formulated in my mind, so I, I worked for my dad and basically I, I started interviewing and then I would go to nail salons out here and also going simultaneously going to dry bar and then was basically like, oh, I should just do the dry bar for nails. Like it's always Manny Petty season here. I'll just, that's what I'll do. The dry bar for nails. So dry bar was already around for a while yes. and proven out. Yeah, I mean, I think Al had, so Ali is now one of my closest friends. So it's like so bizarre that I was like a fangirl, like a legit fangirl. But now I'm now I'm like, yeah, I'm a bridesmaid in her upcoming wedding. It's like bizarre. But Allie had probably 10 locations at the time. She had a, she had a few. Okay, so how do you even start going about this? I'm really interested in the process. You're a woman founder. Do you go out? Do you get investors? Do you just launch with one nail polish skew? How did you even start? Well, it's interesting because I think similarly... We can get into this in a little bit, but I think what you've built is your community. We built in salon, but I took my savings in finance and I financed the first myself. I financed the first salon. Now I've worked for 10 years in finance where admittedly, and not to be rude, but you get a little overpaid. So I had enough money and I was incredibly privileged and lucky to be in that situation. So I self-funded the first location and just worked it and like tried to figure out how does this, how does a salon work? How... What, what's hard, what's not hard. Like, how, how do you actually create this business? And then I took investors from to scale to our second and third location and start the products. 
how fitting is it to talk about June shine? You guys, I went to my best friend, Erica Fashion Lush, as some of you may know her on Instagram, bachelorette party. And the whole entire weekend, we were drinking June shine hard kombucha. And here's the deal. I sometimes feel bloated when I have certain drinks, but with this hard kombucha, I did not feel bloated the entire weekend, which was very ideal because we were in bikinis. It's so light and refreshing. This one doesn't make you feel bloated at all. It's honestly like the best taste. I can't even describe it. It's super dry. So it's not overly sweet. I am not a fan of overly sweet drinks. Like I don't like a syrupy drink. So this is light. It's refreshing. It feels like an at-home happy hour. Perfect for bachelorette parties. Okay. It's low in sugar. It's easy on the gut. Something that I thought was fun too is June Shine is known as the champagne of kombucha. They use this green tea and honey as opposed to black tea and sugar. So you get like this smooth, less acidic taste. And that's what I think I'm talking about when I say it's so dry. And just some facts about June Shine. They committed to becoming a 100% carbon neutral brand. They also donate 1% of their sales to environmental nonprofits. June Shine's now delivering nationwide to your doorstep so you can get alcohol right to your doorstep. Efficient, easy, hassle-free. Obviously, we worked out an exclusive deal. I shared this on Instagram stories too. All Skinny Confidential, him and her podcast listeners receive 20% off plus free shipping on their best-selling variety pack. This is such a great way to try all their delicious flavors at once. That's Juneshine, J-U-N-E-S-H-I-N-E.com slash skinny. This discount's only valid for their variety pack. Juneshine can also be found in over 10,000 stores across the country, including Whole Foods, Safeway, Kroger, and Publix. Cheers. Talk about how you're doing products and brick and mortar. That's very interesting to me because I'm launching product, which you're a part of. And I am. I'm, I feel like I'm a proud cheerleader. On I have a hundred questions, but <laughs> I just it's simultaneously doing both seems incredibly overwhelming. And you and Allie did that. You she has her products with hair and you have your nail products, but you guys are also doing brick and mortar. So you have all these employees. It just seems like a lot. So I think that, and so currently we don't have salons are closed due to COVID and they're permanently closed for now. We'll have to reassess once the world really opens up. Did you close up. them right when COVID happened or do you, or you wait a little bit? We clo- We just closed them temporarily and then we permanently right. closed them last summer. Yeah, it was really heart- heartbreaking. But I ultimately think that without capacity levels at 100%, nail salons struggle to be profitable even at 50, 75% capacity. Sure, like every type of salon, right? I would imagine so. I don't know the economics completely, but I do know that it's incredibly hard for like the affordable luxury category because the price points just don't substantiate being half closed. And so, and I also think thinking about what do people feel comfortable right now? Like people feel less comfortable in a very packed nail salon right now, right? So one-on-one services feel better, smaller salons feel better. And so like just trying to understand what the consumer will want and what they will feel really comfortable with. So I had brick and mortar for... We started in 2013, I would say until 2018, we had just brick and mortar, so almost five years. So I was able to like really focus on that business, scale that business, have three salons that were always had daily waiting lists, regulars, celebrities, influencers. Like we're super lucky to have just so many people coming in every day. And and then we launched products. And I think as we've launched products, now now I'm running a business currently with no brick and mortar. I will say, of course, it's easier, right? It's easier to have one business than two businesses that you're focused on. The thing, and very similar to how you've built the Skinny Confidential, is that 
we built our community based off those salons, right? So it was it was where people could go to experience Olive in June. And they would come in from Australia and come for their Coachella Manny. And like they would come to Olive in June and then they would go out to the desert. And so you had all the, and then you had influencers and celebrities and you had so many, and then regulars that were just diehard. So you just had, you had a, a small amount of people, but like a culty small amount of people that were obsessed with the brand. And so we got tons of press and everything kind of scaled off of that. It's been incredibly emotionally difficult to not have them open because they're like, my family. I mean, that, and I love connecting with people, but it's been easier to run one business for sure. And I think as we think about what in real life for Olive and June looks like next, I don't know that it's full service. I ultimately don't know, like, is there, and we've, I've talked about this before, like on Olive and June's Instagram and some other podcasts, but it's like, is it, is it like a genius bar? Like, am I teaching everyone? Am I like scaling and teaching everyone how to paint their own nails now that we have all the Manny systems, you know, the Manny system, the Petty system, all the kits. It's really about, it's teaching everyone versus getting it done. So it'll be a really interesting transition for us 2022 and beyond. There's something that you did that I'm sure was strategy in the beginning that I thought was so smart. You had this wall in your in in your salons that was like I want to say color coded and it was so beautiful and every single time I would come from San Diego and go to Olive in June because it was like the hot spot. I would take a picture of this wall and put it on my Instagram because it was so pretty. Did you do that knowing that influencers and celebrities were going to post that or did it just happen like that? It's such a good question because what is now commonly acceptable to be like Instagram, like in, make it Instagrammable was not how life was in 2013. In 2013, we opened with 1,000 followers and on Olive and June's Instagram, which felt like we had a million. It felt like we were Kim Kardashian. <laughs> and... It was just not, you didn't create spaces to be Instagrammable. That just wasn't a thing. So I really wanted a wall. You know, when you walk into a nail salon and you look at the wall and there's like a red and a green and a glitter and like a purple and then like a bunch of shears. And you're like, wait, what what color do I want? And you're kind of like, you're kind of like whiplashing throughout the wall. For anyone who's like, yes, yes, that would like, I've been in that experience. I did not want that. I wanted you, I wanted to look at a wall of polish and have it be tonally separated by color family. So if you wanted a red or a red adjacent, you're in one area looking at the red. You were doing monochromatic before Kanye and Kim. I mean, I like I said, I really felt like I was Kim Kardashian. A hundred percent. I wish. What I, I mean, I, I think I told you this the first time we met. We met through our, my, our mutual friend, Raina. Yes, um, who we love. Who we love, yes. And um, You know she's listening. We do. Hi, Raina. Um, <laughs> we do. But what I, I had known about you and obviously your company from afar through Raina, and what I really, I told you this in the beginning when, when we first met, that I really respect, like when COVID hit, you seemed to be a founder, an entrepreneur, see, that really took advantage of an unfortunate situation. Like your business, I feel like has really thrive during this time. And it's not obviously like a lot of people are pained, but somebody that was so heavy in brick and mortar, you seem to have been able to pivot. And I wonder like what was going through your mind in order to get you in the mindset to be able to do that? It's a great question. We had launched the Manny system the year prior. Had it taken off? It had. It we I mean it, it had a it had more than we expected. Let me say that. It hadn't taken off like like no. obviously a COVID bump would would push it. But it had exceeded our expectations for how successful it could be, we knew it would be slow, right? Because we were like, everyone, 90% of this market is in salon. So people mostly think they can't do it themselves. And so they're not. But I knew we could teach everyone how to paint their own nails. And even if the coastal consumers weren't diving in, I knew that, honestly, it was it was mostly for across the country where you don't have a mani-pedi that's like, 
$30, right? Where you, where you, when you go to get your Manny, it's $30 alone, if not 50. And so we were really solving a problem for the mass, the vast majority of this country versus like LA and New York, for example. But because we had launched the products prior, we had iterated on those products. Like we had just had that vision of, of it, of the at-home market getting bigger without touching the salon market. I never thought the salon market would get touched. I just thought, I knew there was an addressable market that wasn't being addressed because you basically had all professional products being shipped to the consumer. I think if we hadn't had, if we had not had the ability to have iterated and built that, I don't know how fast we would have moved. I mean, we moved pretty quickly, but it was like, an amazing thing to say, okay, actually we are, we are the best position because we've been talking about at-home nails for over a year. So I think we, I definitely think we, we worked really hard to be this like Zen, amazing experience for people at home when they were home, but we had a head start. I think the reason I bring it up and I got to be sensitive the way it's not meant to be insensitive, but I think, you know, life deals the cards that it deals. And a lot of those cards are out of our control, right? COVID is one of them. And I think a lot of people, they take those cards like, well, nothing I can do. Here I am. Like, but I think there's other people that are like, okay, these are the circumstances that we're in. We got to, we got to change and adjust and pivot. I think you're one of those people. And I, and I bring this up because I think it's important for people to realize that there's always opportunity in any circumstance, even if you don't necessarily think there is. I think that's absolutely right. I mean, and I'm not really a great self-promoter. So what my team would say is we dropped everything. We went live every day for seven weeks. I I went live every day for seven weeks, which is 50 days in a row. And we taught everyone how to paint their own nails. And when people were buying a ton of Manny systems, we were just sitting there just a day after day. And I think to your point, when you don't know how long these opportunities are going to last, COVID could have lasted a month right? Like no one had any idea what was going to happen. And so we had to say to ourselves, we don't know if the salons are going to survive. They they ultimately didn't, right? At least for now. And so all we had to keep the lights on for the brand was was the at-home systems. And so we had no choice. Now, was it a great opportunity for us? In some ways it totally was, right? But we also, we lost part of our business that was devastating. So, but I think to your point, we immediately were like, what can we do? How And honestly, how can we help people feel good about themselves in a time where they don't feel good? But it sounded like you pivoted the community from the brick and mortar to online, which is genius. We grew, we doubled our Instagram. I think we were at 150, 150,000 before COVID and we're at I think we're close to 400 now, but we like doubled. And you said in the beginning you were at what when you first launched this? A thousand. A thousand. Wow. The brand. I love a good brand. That's my favorite part. If I could just brand all day, I would love it. Your brand is very strong. When you see it, you know exactly what it is. Is that you being hands-on? Is that your team? Is it a medley? How does this all come together and look so beautiful next to each other? We have an incredible brand director named Crystal who's been with me since the beginning. I credit her with honestly keeping me str- like keeping me focused and keeping me like really keeping me creative. Like she brought the creative out in me. I don't I could not have done it by myself. I always credit her for just being this like incredible sparkle fairy in my life. I think she makes me the best version of myself. I'm I'm very hands-on, but we also bring in designers. We're really I know what I don't know and so and that's like a bit of an area of weakness for me. So but I'm very decisive once I see it. So I think it's for me, it's like making sure you have enough people around you, you have the right team that's going to bring you the options you need. I know when we haven't hit it. I'm like, this is not, this is not right. And I also think Crystal's pretty, she's like really cool. Like she's a cool girl. Like she lives in the east side of LA. She's cool. She's hip. She's like, she's, and I'm definitely more of like a, like a basic person, I would say, like in the best way possible. And so I try to pull it a little bit away from like, 
this should be a brand that everyone feels like they can see themselves in. This should be a brand that feels like it's the every girl or every every person. Because we're obviously we have some men that wear it, which is super fun. Which if you want me to paint your nails later, I can. Listen. I'm going to paint your pinky toe. Okay. Yeah, do it. Um, so, but you want everyone to feel good and you want it to be this brand that like feels accessible because it's an $8 polish sold at Target, right? You want it to be like, like how Kristen S pops off the shelf at Target and she's a $12 bottle of shampoo. Like that's awesome. And so similarly, that's how I look at it. I'm like, this should look like it's $40 and it's eight. It totally does. And it works Thank you. so well. It did save my life. I've talked about this on the podcast during quarantine. You created and patented something called the poppy, which is fucking genius because I remember being in high school trying to paint my nails before going to school to hang out with Michael by the tennis courts where we hooked up. I'm just like, so like (laughs) your love story is my everything. Um, But I remember painting my nails when you guys get divorced, but I Uh, feel like when I'm on my third wife or companionship, we can reminisce. I I just learned that three is the magic number. So (laughs) very excited. I'm I'm, I'm taking early resumes. You you take all the resumes. I gotta get a jump on it. I'm too tired. Take all the resumes (laughs) you need. I've got other things going on. My dating bio would say... Lauren Everett's ex. That's it. <laughs> By the way, Lauren Everett's not Bostic. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. At that point, wait, you'd, you'd switch back, but that would work. He right? has well, moved on. My Instagram bio that would, would say, "I'm using but, Olive and June's divorce that attorneys." That would work better than any kind of smooth thing I could ever say. Just saying, "I'm her ex." That's all I would need. To oh, do. you would. I mean, you would kill. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, mm. I'd kill it. Don't um, forget that. I mean, Lauren. you're really hot. I mean, like he would do really well. Because <sighs> people would think, oh, well, like if she took him for that really long, he must have this. something going on. He can't be that big of a loser. right? I yeah. think that's true. I think that's exactly right. Whatever you want, whatever works for Don't you. Don't worry. She'll PR. be she'll just be talking shit on her podcast. She'll probably be with like, I'll be in San Tropez with Anna Karenina, dog eared and bookmarked in front of the yachts. You, you and Brad Pitt. <laughs> that's fine. What a world. <laughs> um. So I remember being in high school trying to paint my nails and I did amazing on my left hand. And then I went to the other hand and it was was a disaster. It was so fucked up. It was hanging down my wrist. It was like just ugly. But this helps you paint both your nails. And I can attest to that because now I can paint both my nails. Can you explain how you came up with this? But also like the development, how much back and forth it was, how you patented it. Think of there's a lot of people out there that want to create an idea um, and they don't know where to start. We have been talking about this on so many different podcasts. You would not believe how many highly successful people do Sakara. Sakara is all about turning your resolution into reality. So if you're looking to create rituals that last and try a plant-based eating situation, you gotta try Sakara. They're this wellness company that's rooted in the transformative power of plant-based food. I have been a fan of Sakara forever. It was on the Skinny Confidential. Probably when I started blogging, I then had the founders on the blog, also on the podcast. These women have done such an incredible job of bringing organic ready-to-eat meals to your doorstep. You can expect powerful plant-rich ingredients. They're designed to boost your energy, improve digestion, and get your skin glowing. So what I do is I look at their menu. It's got all these creative chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, dinners. It changes weekly. You never get bored, and it's delivered fresh. That is so important. I cannot tell you how many delivery services that I've tried that are not delivered fresh. Everything is fresh. It's plush. It's lush. It's what you want to eat. It's what you want to feed your body with, okay? They also have a lot of different daily wellness essentials. I am a huge fan of their beauty drops and their chlorophyll drops. 
Chlorophyll is all the rage right now. I put it in my water. So what you can do is you can get your meals on Saqqara. You can get your chlorophyll, your beauty water all straight to your door. They have rave reviews on Vogue, Goop, the New York Times. If you're looking for a way to just eat healthy that arrives at your doorstep, I'm telling you, you got to check out Saqqara. They are the best. Right now, Saqqara is offering all Skinny Confidential, him and her listeners, 20% off your first order. When you go to Saqqara.com slash skinny or enter skinny at checkout. These meals are right up this audience's alley. I'm telling you, they set you up for success. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash skinny. You're going to get 20% off your first order. It is such a win. Sakara.com slash skinny. Enjoy. Yeah, so the poppy didn't start as the poppy. It started as a bit of a different device, which you have a patent for. But so long story short, I was like, how do I solve how you paint with your non-dominant hand? Because that is the most annoying thing. If I can solve for that, then pe- people will be able to paint their nails and they will feel a sense of success on that first manicure and they will continue to manicure. So we started working with a industrial designer and engineers and basically like they came in the salons, they like they watched how the manicures were painting. They watched a whole study of at home, like doing your nails at home yourself. They like watched how people were using their hand and they came up with a poppy. They were basically like, you just need a handle that's going to be different than what is a really, really cute handle that nobody can actually use because it's entirely too small. The thing is, is that with the poppy, which you can pop on, it's a silicone rubber patented universal polish bottle handle. You can pop it on Olive and June or any other nail polish. Show us really quick. Just so, just yeah. show us what you're so doing. So you basically just pop off the top. Can you see it on the cam? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you pop off the top and then you just pop poppy on. You pop the nail polish top off, you guys, and you put the poppy on top of it, and then you're able to paint this both your hands. This just shows how little I know. I was sticking my finger in that thing, thinking that's how I did it. Oh, my God. I just, you should stick I your was penis like, I, was like, I, guess, I was like, I guess this... Wait, listen. He's, he's running around with his we've dick lo- in it. We've lost, the, we've lost the thread. Here uh, we go. Here poppy we go. for your penis. Listen, if you're wondering if what it, our drinks it, have been Lauren, like, honestly, now you are here. Lauren, here if, you are. If it did fit in that one, I would help you find it. Taylor, by the way, so would I. Yeah. Taylor... I have a, a extra curricular activity for you. Yeah. Um, so, so the thing with the oh, I'm like I'm going to keep don't going. Lose the thread. Just keep yeah, stay, stay on it. Stay on it. The thing we could get a little off the rails here sometimes. Totally. The thing about painting your nails is that it's not it's like not just the poppy. Obviously, it's the whole Manny system. But in just focusing on the polish, you need polish that's going to self settle. You need polish that's going to last a really long time. You need polish that's, that's as clean as possible. You also need a brush in the polish that's like perfectly fanning. So. And and I think this is good advice for anyone who's starting their own business, especially like Laura and I talked about this a ton. Like you're so, if you're hyper-focused on that product and making sure it is so easy or effective or whatever your goal is, whatever problem you're solving with your product, then you, then you do actually create a product that people can use and does change their life. So the poppy gives confidence, but it's the poppy plus the right formula, plus the right brush that really kind of puts it all together. So they get that seven, 10 day manicure that they really want. I really feel like you came into a category that was outdated and really spruced it up, which is what I'm trying to do with Skinny Confidential. It's like you see something and it's like not that attractive and you want to put it in your drawer with cobwebs and it's just ugly. Like nail polish was never out on my vanity. But with Olive and June, it is. Was that strategic? Yeah. I mean, I think I actually think it's a hot category that people are obsessed with that there's just 
stale incumbents, right? Like it's like, which which is like, but it's the same, it's a similar way of what you're saying. It's basically like everybody loves nails. Like we used to go with dry bar to like do people's nails. like at like little events and the nail like line would be three to one hair, right? People just like love nails and they love, and they were so worried they couldn't do it. But it was like, the incumbents are just basically like they're either polishes you get at your salon or they're polishes at a shelf at Target. And like no one's trying, no one's helping you, no one really cares. And so, yes, I would definitely say that like I came in and was like how I'm inspired by non-nail brands, right? I'm inspired by, like I said before, Kristen S or like some of the other brands that are out there that actually like push brand and make it a full holistic experience and they have content education and they want to inspire you. So for me, it was never about like, what's on the shelf already and how do I like white label create that? It was about like even our dry drops, which normally come in a polish bottle, come in like this little like Visine bottle because like I'm inspired by other components and things that'll make your nail experience better. So it was definitely intentional and it continues to be a super big focus that we have this brand that you feel proud to be associated with for not only the great products and what we, but also what we stand for. And so I, I think yes is the answer. I want to ask you a sideball question here, but it's not, and I think you're one of the perfect people to answer it because there's a lot of people that listen and they have an idea for a business and they go, okay, easy for you to say, Sarah, easy for you to say, Michael, Lauren, like you guys got the capital or this, like, but you have gone a, what I would say, not necessarily a traditional path in raising capital. And I think that it's important to talk about because people don't know where to start with that. And right. I, maybe you could talk about how you did it. Yeah, I think, so what What Michael's referring to is that I didn't go the traditional venture capital route. I didn't go and raise $3 million from a mm-hmm. VC that if you're in this world that everyone knows. And that sounds and, daunting to so many people. It totally. is daunting. And it's the, it's the worst process in the world, by the it's way. It's totally daunting. And so what I did is I did a friends and family round the first, which family is not one person in my family is an investor. And, or at that, that point they weren't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let them in the beginning. Um, and now I've let them in at a much higher valuation, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I went to friends of friends and I, and I, I finally like hit a pocket of people that were, ha- were angel investors were actually like active in the space. What did those conversations sound like in the beginning? Was it like super rough because I didn't know what I was doing. And by the way, for anyone who's listening that wants to raise money, like the first few are terrible. You're like, you feel like you have no idea what's happening and you're just, they ask you 8 million questions. And as we've seen from the stats, they ask women way more questions. And those questions are usually negatively, like from a negative lens of like, well, why would this work? Versus like this, how could this work? And so they're really difficult. And I think everyone has a different question and a different lens of what they're looking at. And so it's annoying because you go in these meetings and you're like, well, if I got the same five questions, I could start nailing it. But I'm getting 500 questions and they're all different every time because everyone cares about different things based on their own personal experience of what's worked and what hasn't. But I've, I've, we have raised money from only angel investors with the exception of a couple of VCs in the most recent round. And for us, it's always been about curating a group of people that care so much about the dollars they're putting into Olive in June that they will be helpful outside of those dollars. So whether it be like active C-level CMO of X company, CFO of Y company, but they are actively involved in their businesses. So they will be helpful to me because they have the experience and they're going through it right now. That's been really, really helpful for me. I'm a person who asks a lot of questions. So it's been really, it's been additive to our business versus a VC that frankly, like 
most of the time right, is the not super out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I think what I'm getting at too is that people like they hear $3 million from a VC and they're like, oh, how am I going to go? But if you're talking right. about angels, you can go 5, 10, 20. Like totally. you, you can get smaller checks that add up. You just have to have a lot more conversations. Uh, way more conversations. It's way more work. And, but it, I do think it proves out to be beneficial because those people have the experience that you don't have at that moment or they have perspective. I mean, our, one of our investors who's now an advisor, like, he has been absolutely transformational for my business. And we meet almost every week. We, we talk every other week. And like the decisions and marketing that he's helped me with has been just, it, it, I, I can't say it enough. He transformed our business and has pushed me to really think in different. I mean, he literally at one point was like, do you understand marketing? Let me just, and he's a CMO of a very, very big, com- very big consumer company. Can I company. talk to him? <laughs> yeah, exactly. By the way, yes. <laughs> You should. And he literally mapped it out for me and was like, these are the funnels. And I was like, what is going on? But like, that's what you need. You need someone who's going to dumb it down for you because you don't know. And I would say, I obviously come from a place of privilege being a white woman, but women generally get absolutely hammered in these meetings, especially women of color. So it's like something that we as like, I hope at some point I will be in a place where I will be an investor where I can change that because I, I honestly- You already are. Well, I, I am, yay. I'm starting to do little, little things, but I, it, like little things meaning me, I'm writing very little checks. I'm doing hopefully very big things. But I I think that like, as we think about like, women make great companies. You know, the problem with men- They should be funded. Investing in female companies. I'll say this as a man, mm-hmm. is that- a lot of times the problems we're being brought, we don't fucking understand. And we just try to apply a bunch of business metrics, right? Like someone could bring this company to someone like me. I'm just generalizing yeah. man, woman. No, they did. And, they, and people and were I have like, no well, fucking idea which, like I tried to put my finger that in happened, the thing that you're when supposed I to was, put the ball When in, I was you know? pitching the ice roller to men, they were like, I don't understand why women would want this. And I looked at them and I was like, well, you're a little fucking puffy and your under eyes are bulging. So you could actually use this. By the way, true story, <laughs> true story. And also like, to be honest, we women can solve our own problems, right? So then you think to yourself, like, okay, if 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 SGT can solve at home painting, what else can other women solve? Especially women of color, where white women should not be solving their problems. Yeah. So it's like it's just as like you think about it, you're like, why are men getting funded to solve all the problems when they're half our population? No. If a man's selling me tampons, they better be sticking it in their fucking penis hole. It's just oh. like I just I mean I don't even know if I want to comment on that, but all I want to say is like. Men should not be creating products like they for they, women for yeah. women, or they should be collaborating with women to do those products. So I ultimately believe that like there's amazing. By the way, my advisor that I'm talking about is a man, and he came up with a lot of things for Olive in June. But with me, yeah, no, with I me, think, not you know, on his own. Lauren and I have part of that business. Woo, obviously, this it's it's primarily like designed by Lauren. It's for females. But we talked all. And this get me in trouble with some of my partners. But we talked to all these like crusty male VCs. And I'm like, dude, you guys don't know. Like, go talk to your wives or your girlfriend. Like, you should not be making the decision. You should go. To and the if they're crusty VCs, they need to. They need to use some lube on their crust. Well, also try pitching an at-home line to men whose wives have more money than God because they can invest in a company, right? Like if you can invest fifty dollars to $100,000, you have money. You are so lucky. So your wife is clearly going to a nail salon. Yeah, the first thing that happened, like if, if like, I get they don't, something- They're like, well, who would buy that? I'm like, everyone in America? Like you live in a bubble. Yeah, I listen to 100% like the right. operational and who's doing it, but like any questions, like I'll just go to my wife because I have no fucking idea, right? 100%. But that doesn't happen in those rooms. These guys come in and they think they, they got it all figured out. And it's like, that drives me nuts. I feel like the male- ego in the boardroom is going out. I'm just going to call it like I'm going to brand it. 
that it's going out. I just like cross my fingers, my unmanicured. I was supposed to do a manicure on this podcast, fingers. But yes, I hope that's true. I mean, I just think, listen, there are a lot of amazing men, but it's like, let's get the men that actually like understand that women having a voice and like, like all women having a voice is such an impact. By the way, it's an impacted freaking GDP. Like, let's just talk numbers. Like, give me a break. Well, I mean, it's like, think about like the customer base women compared yes. to men. I would love the, the for total you. addressable market for at home nails. If you were to say like, like if you just take women, just take women in this country, total addressable market for at home nails is $30 billion. It is currently one. Well, every nail brand that's big is owned by a conglomerate. Like there is so much disruption there. Like it's just mind blowing. Even if you got to 2 billion, that's another billion dollars. It's just in the United States. That's a great word for what you've done. You've disrupted the industry. Thank you. Let's get all wellnessy for a second and talk about Juve. I use my Juve every single day, and here's how I use it. I've incorporated my Juve into a habit that I already have. I learned this from the book Atomic Habits, and it is truly amazing how it's changed my life. What I do is I put on my Juve, which is light therapy, absolutely amazing, and tons of benefits, which we'll get into. And then I do my Wim Hof breath work right in front of it, butt naked. I feel like it just gives me the boost that I need. If I didn't have this during postpartum, I would have been a nightmare. The Juve reduces inflammation. It makes you feel amazing. It helps with arthritis and joint pain. It helps wound and burn healing. And it can boost your mood and lower depression. I have psoriasis on my legs. It's also helped with that. I'm obsessed. I feel like this is something that I would way rather invest my money on than like a handbag or shoes. This is my wellness. It's so important to me every single day. And how it's changed my life is truly incredible. I'm so passionate about it that we even had the founders on the podcast. They also have this new Juve Go that they recently sent me. And it's a great option because it's really affordable, which we love. It's battery powered and you can take it anywhere. So what I do, I just throw it in my purse. It's really light and it's also cute. And you can use it for spot treatment. Honestly, I turn mine on in the morning and I can get stuff done in front of it. If you don't want to be naked, that's fine. You can still wear your clothes. I notice just when it touches my eyes, and I don't mean actually touch, I just mean when I turn the light on and I can see it, it just wakes me the fuck up. They really have the best red light therapy system on the market. If you're looking for a new Juve, I have such exciting news for you. You're going to go to juve.com slash skinny and use code skinny at checkout, and you're going to get exclusive discounts on Juve's next generation devices. Exclusions apply, limited time only. Just so you know, the two I have is the new Juve Go, and then the one I have in my room that I stand in front of is the Juve Solo 3.0. They're both amazing. You can't go wrong. They're going to change your life. You're going to be addicted. I would love for you to talk about your weaknesses or where you've struggled. Oh my goodness. How long do you have? We have a long time. So We got a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my biggest struggle was managing the team. Help. That's mine too. Help. What did you do? Um, well, I was a producer in finance. So like all I, and you are the same because when you are the person who just like produces, when I say this, y'all, I mean, you are the person that's like kind of like moving whatever the business is forward versus like being the strategic thinker or being the planner, et cetera. Like when you were just like, you're in it, which I was as, a, as like a equity sales trader, I never managed anyone. So when I started managing people, I was, I was like, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a disaster, but like I was, I was, I was a C minus D plus. And it was mostly because I had grown up with 
a very like intense dad and older brother who basically like beat me up every time I tried to talk to him. And we're best friends now, thank God. We've we've moved past it. But like, and then I worked in a trading desk with all men that were like super direct and like there's no emotion. So then I had to transition to beauty was impossible. It was like I was speaking a totally different language and I had no idea what I was doing. So managing has been the biggest thing for me. And I've just tried to start listening way more and try to talk less. And and also I hire people, or I try to hire people that are incredible at their jobs. And if they're incredible at their jobs, unless I think they're doing a, something that's a big mistake, something that I think is like not right, I try to let them run with it. And even if I'm like, well, I would like change that copy on that thing. It's like, if they're, if, as long as it's not off brand, let them run with it. Cause like a lot of things win that I, I would have done it a little differently. Why Target as opposed to Sephora and Ulta? Like, was there a reasoning behind that? Yeah. And that's just a selfish question for myself. <laughs> so Sephora's like nail share is not huge. It's just not, they're just not an at-home nail destination. Ulta, I think is super interesting and I love Ulta and I've had many a conversation with them. I, I really do love them and I'm I'm you never know what, what what might happen. But Target just owns at home nail. They are the top of mass. Like they they just they own it in mass. And so it was very, very clear to me that they were the right destination for the first stop. I'm super obviously interested in the future in when we do diversify in other parts of mass, whether that be drug, et cetera. You know, obviously like I love drugstores and I think, and drug does really well in nail because that's where people shop for nail. So we really went to where people were shopping for nail currently versus tried to make nail a thing. I love Long's Drugs. Remember Long's Drugs? Oh no, where is that? What do you mean? You don't remember well, Long's Drugs? Because she was on the East Coast. Oh, I don't oh, think yeah. they had it over there. Is Long's Drugs still around? No, I don't know. Is I've it never CVS been... and Rite Aid. It might. It's probably got. That was the it best drugstore. Oh my god, so sad. I know. We need CVS and Rite Aid to carry Olive in June too. I would agree with that in the future for sure. I think like drugstore is so interesting. It's like where you get all of your all of your things. But so Target was like the middle of it. Target's amazing. I mean, and Target's the, like... and Target's focus on beauty is so strong. Um, they also get. It, influencers. I feel like they have Emily Schumann's planners in there and Rachel Hollis's um, like like to-do list. And then they have Kristen S and you. And they just really understand the space, I feel like. Their collaborations are next level. Remember their Victoria Beckham collaboration? No. Oh, it was everything. Oh, wait, I do. I actually, that's a long time ago. I think I bought the little ago. Easter. Um, there was a little one with a bunny on it. And yeah. I bought that. It she's like, a, no, except it has everything in the closet. <laughs> she's like, no, I have, well, I only have like five of the pieces. So, <laughs> um, so, if someone's listening and they want to start a brand and you're giving advice as like a sister, what would it be? I think I think people have to be so passionate about it these days. I think you have to be like ready to work 24-7 for a decade and just be like, I'm going to build this. Because the thing is, you the community matters more than the brand. And you know this of anyone, right? You build this this group of people who believe you and and endorse you and love you and and know that you are one of them and you are you are basically like for them. And so if you don't build that, it's almost impossible to build a brand off, but to build a brand these days because the brand feels soulless. And so if you had told me that I would have built a quote community for five years in a salon, I would be like, you're crazy. I would never do that. You would never set out to do it. I would never have done yeah. it. But it's what it took 
in order for Olive and June to be an authority in the space. And very similarly, when you launch your product line, like you have built this community that trusts you and knows that you, Lauren, will not tell them something that isn't true. How do you structure your day? You know, I love morning routines and nighttime. Yeah, yeah. I like, I know this about you, but I I like, I need like the times, everything. Okay. So I, I usually wake up naturally before my alarm. I have a five-year-old, almost six-year-old. So um, at seven o'clock, she's, her light goes off and she's allowed to leave her room. By the way, if anyone's wondering how, how does she get it done? It literally is in a schedule. It, It like literally is being your child having it like being sleep for me. It's sleep training. It's she's in there. She's sleeping. She can come up and play, but she can't come in my room before seven. And like for me, my like, I need to sleep. I need I need my time. So I'm going to have some selfish questions for you once we get to that age where we can start uh, get, getting this. I, you're the one that told me about the light, right? It's a green, red, yellow. Is that is that? I have a different light, but I love the light. I'm okay, sure I okay, told you about okay. the light. I think I probably also told you about the Krypton, which is like yeah, yeah, yeah. life changing. Yeah, so they okay. can't jump out. My child was also my child is so tall that she was jumping out at like 18 months. I was like, you are not getting out of this crib. So like, we got to figure that out because I looked the other day and our kid's like over the crib. It's not. You got to get that tent in there. I will literal buy like what they have for gorillas at a zoo. <laughs> Which is what? <laughs> a cage. <laughs> but like, at, wait, till, well, don't worry. Don't worry, y'all. We'll hyperlink it in the notes. Um, See, no, you're saying y'all. I got, you got one leg in Texas already. Swipe up to buy. Link in bio. I know, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, hashtag affiliate code. So I literally, I, don't worry, I don't have one. So I literally am obsessed with that. But so I wake up, I wake up anywhere between six and seven. If I have slept the night before, which like mo- half the nights I don't sleep very well, I'm, I'm, I have a bit of anxiety, so which I think propels me forward. So I will wake up between six and seven and I try to get on email right away just to get some stuff out of the way. Because for me, like my team knows that they can kind of like send me stuff at, at all hours. And so I try to like clear the deck a little bit and just get my head around what the day is. I have 3000 emails right now. What do you do about that? I inbox zero. Oh, Three, I do not like 3,000 emails is like, I will not sleep for the rest of my life. I just, I can't. You should just delete them all and start over. You don't yeah. think I should just go through them slowly? No, like t- 20 of them are from me. So like, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, about uh, 200 of them are from me. I'm like, hey. Go well, ahead. Let me tell you something about that. Hold on, side note. <laughs> I had this lawyer say, hey, did Lauren get the DocuSign for two months? Yeah, I, I, the answer find, is you sent it 16 I times. I don't find d- checking my email to be the most productive use of my time because talent, I, I think it talent. needs to be on creative. She's talent, y'all. She's talent. Go ahead. Oh, don't don't tell her that. She needs to get in that inbox. By the way, by the way, no way. That's why you're here. <laughs> no. Like, come on. No, 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 no. Until she divorces you. Yeah, that's that's for husband two or three, not for me. No, no, no. Husband two is money and husband three is companionship. What, what am I again? Your hustle. Your love. Oh, I'm love. Oh, I'm love. I'm the true right, love. Right, that's why. That's, oh, why. that's the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just laughed so loud. Who cares? Um, so that was really funny. I probably like shattered it. We were talking about your, your, my routine. routine. Yeah. So I, so I wake up and I try to get caffeine in my body as soon as possible. I try to clear the decks of work as much as I can just to like get my head straight. And then I love taking my daughter to school. It's like one of my favorite things because she's so happy in the morning. So we like... One of us has breakfast with her and then one of us takes her to school and I prefer taking her to school because we like jam out to like music and we have so much fun. She loves pop music because I make her. And and then my day starts and then like my day is like back to back to back to back to back. And I work till like seven. How back to back? Are you cutting calls at 15 minutes? Like do you have any little tactics and tips that have made you be 
become incredibly successful. That's, I am ruled by my calendar. So my calendar is like, if I wouldn't know this was happening until this morning when I look at it, like I'm not, I'm never thinking ahead. I'm always like about my calendar. I'm always thinking that day. And I basically book it back to back with basically no breaks. Half an hour, I don't do 15 minutes. 15 minutes, I don't even know. I can't even say hello in 15 minutes. So it's every half an hour or hour. And I try to be, and I will not take a call that can be a email. Like that is a rule of mine. Like if I can answer this on email at nine o'clock at night when I'm watching real, like the Real Housewives and I'm just like, then I will do that. Like I try to be as efficient with my time as That's possible. That's a good rule. You know what this, like I think I I love that about not taking a call if it can be an email, but I, this podcast has taught me how to get the calls tight. Because think about how much ground we've covered in, you know, how uh, it was 30, 40 minutes. And so I will see like these 30, 45 minute calls. I'm like, we could, th- what do we need that long for? It's only, you only need a call that's like, I think 30 minutes or more. First of all, that's why my calls are 30 minutes or more because I only take the meaty calls, right? And so if it's a 15 minute call, that's an email. And my 45 minute calls are really only... I, to get to know you. There's some reason. It's like some sort of brainstorm of collaboration. Like there's some reason why we are diving in and 30 minutes is too short. I try to be really savage with my schedule because I'd rather honestly have an hour free, go to Target, walk around, be inspired yeah. than be taking a call that I can just like, I help people all the time. Like people will email me and say like, I want to start a nail salon or I want to start a company or I want to do all these things. And like, can I ask you questions? You can email me and I will answer them when I'm like in a different headspace. But like my day my day is all of in June's. How and much so, time you set to do emails? Set time, but I probably spend two hours a day on emails. A morning and one hour in the morning, one hour at night. Yeah, but I'm doing it all day long. Let me ask you this. I also answer every DM. Oh my gosh, that's gnarly. It's gnarly. That's gnarly. Not all of in June's, my own personal, but that's gnarly. Do you I've ha- had to I've had to not be as verbal. I try, but you know what I've been doing lately that's really effective? You have million a million followers. No, I have twenty thousand. But when someone messages me and I can do something quick, I voice note them back. Mm. Mm. I love a voice note. I live for a voice a note. A voice note is like and and listen, don't no, no, no. send me a voice note back because that's annoying. <laughs> No, let me tell you something. Sending, but I love sending the voice sending note. Sending a voice note is the best. Receiving is the worst. No, don't send me back a voice note. I Lauren, just want to send Lauren, the voice note. Lauren sends like eight voice notes in a row and I'm like... I'll be like, feed the dog. Watch. <laughs> like like Cinderella, like the stepmom. Like, I do love the windows. a voice note. Like, no, like clean you, the car. Wait, don't you find that people freak out in your DMs that you sent them a voice well, note? Well, that's different. She does this in a day-to-day texting. I find it very texting. personal. Oh, I, I love it. I like. I, I voice note everything. People love when I voice note them. They're like, I can't believe it's really you. I'm like, you thought it was an assistant in no, my own personal DMs. DM. I'm talking about like in our day-to-day friendship. Oh, I know. Lauren voice noted me today, yeah. so oh. I know. And then I sent her one back and she didn't respond. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's my thing. I haven't opened it yet. Oh my God, it's too good. It's too good. Um, it's okay. fine. By the way, you don't have to because it was about something, so it's already gone. It's coming back. Here's my question. I notice at, now that I've become a new mom and I have my business and my husband, it's a lot. It's o- like it's overwhelming. And what do you then mean? launching product, it's a lot of work. How do you make time for friends? And has this, has Olive in June made it difficult to keep friends? Because I feel like, as my business grows, sometimes it's hard to have space for everything. I think that I really, the answer is, of course, yes. Like, it's impossible. And the people that don't have the job that you have or similar job do not understand. And that is, 
And it's not their fault. They just don't really understand. Like Instagram's so glossy. Everything looks like easy and like you're on vacation and like life is great. It's like, I am literally working 23 hours a day. I slept three hours last night. I don't think it's, and you don't want to, I don't, I don't, don't want to be condescending either. Yeah, and say, you don't want to like put it, yeah, exactly. You don't understand. But then you have those friends that are, some are high maintenance friends and they want your attention and they want to do lunch. I have, I have a, a girlfriend that will be planning the next dinner while we're at dinner. And I'm like, I just got to get through today. I think that as we get older, you shake out to who you should shake out to. And like it all has kind of like works itself out. And you kind of have to not make yourself be friends with people that like just don't get you. Like my best friend from high school and I, like I was, we were in each other's weddings. Like we were so close. I haven't seen her in two and a half years. Like there's not one moment where like, I'm worried that, hey, Cheryl, that I'm worried that Cheryl's pissed at me. Like she just like fully appreciates me for who I am and vice versa. And like we send pictures and like we just communicate like the way that we do. And I think you have to just like it's the same thing as like anyone. Like if you're having a baby, don't surround yourself with people that are that think differently than you. Like if you want to breastfeed and they don't, bye. Like just surround yourself with the people. I don't mean enablers, but I do mean people that will support you in your choices. Because ultimately, like it's impossible otherwise to function. I have, I have, I feel like I have less friends now than I've ever had. I think it's partially because of the pandemic, but I also think it's because like I work 24-7 and like there are people that don't understand and it's it can be really. It, it depresses me because I am a sensitive person because I am a person who's really emotional and because I love friends. But you only really have time for a few really loving, wonderful relationships and like focus all of your energy on those few people. And they'll be so, and you might not have as many things to do, but you'll have way longer lasting, more meaningful relationships. Well, this is maybe like insensitive to some of my friends, but I also find that when we have a kid, if I have extra time, I want to spend as much time with her. Oh, right. Like I'm like, I don't want to go out and get shit faced. What the am I, anymore. chopped liver? Well, yeah, if you, but of course, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't like, if I have the choice, so I'm going to go and my like, second husband will want to be your second husband's going to be so obsessed. No, he's yeah. just going to throw a bunch of money at you and then divorce you. And you'll have to find the other companion later. <laughs> don't you know that it's, it's three, three is yeah, a lucky yeah. number. Um, but you know, it's like, so I know, like, I'm just not the guy that could do a lot of the things that I did before I had a wife and a child. Like, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think it's also like, like, for example, I have a group of friends that actually goes out a lot, obviously not as much in the pandemic, but like even they, I mean, there was a couple of nights that we we're all sitting outside, like distant, like having cocktails and like Ubering home with shit, like shields, all kinds of crazy stuff. And I make time for it. You know, like I love it. I love being with, I love being with adults and I love being with those friends. And I like made a ton of time for them. But that means that some things just go go away. And like, I can't, every DM, I can't like have a combo, right? Sometimes I'm just liking what someone's sending. You have to make, you have to make sacrifices. And I think ultimately, like, we are all human and we have to remember that we have to put ourselves first or we won't like survive. Like, it's just, you won't emotionally be able to give. And you, I would say like, for you, Lauren, like what you've done with this community, but also... I know this is a podcast about me. It was just like hilarious. But I'm like, let's talk about you. What you've done <laughs> is like, you make people feel so good. And I just, if you aren't able to do that, like there's a million people that wouldn't feel good. Like that's, that just means that if you, one of your needy friends needs to be told, like, it's just, this isn't, this isn't going to work out the way you want it to work out. I'm not going to plan the next dinner. Then people have to just like chill. Just tell your yeah. friend to tune into episode 234. No, I'm just kidding. No. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe exactly. that's a good idea. <laughs> just I hate to say it, but because I don't like disappointing anyone. I'm such a people pleaser, like deep down. I'm an Enneagram too. And so I'm just like, I constantly want to make people happy. What's your favorite housewives? 
You mentioned housewives. I'm obsessed with the housewives. Are Which you obsessed one? with the housewives? Obsessed. Oh my God. Did I not know that? How did I not know Here's that? Here's why we're obsessed with the housewives. I feel like our jobs are so chaotic that to be able to sit down and mindlessly watch chaos that's not ours makes us feel good about ourselves. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And also, like, I also feel like I'm so emotional that when I see people more emotional than me, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of normal. A hundred percent. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm upset. Jersey's running right now. So I'm always kind of obsessed with what's running at the moment because I'm like emotionally tied to it. Jersey's running right now. And I've always been a Jersey fan. Like Teresa flipping the table will always be iconic to me. I also love Summer House. Oh, I haven't gotten into that. Oh, you are missing out. Summer House is like, it is just, it is just garbage in the best way possible. <laughs> okay. It's I've so only good. watched it when the twins were on it. Lauren and Ashley. I need to it's rewatch got, it. I think it's gotten better than I like them, but it's gotten better. I mean, like, I just, I also think that the, like, I wish they kept them on though. They're so cute. Yeah. But like Hannah's hilarious okay, and Paige is hilarious. Like they're all great. Okay. I gotta watch. I watch all reality TV basically. Well, it just, just if like, it's Bravo, it's me. It's almost like numbing. Like it's almost like a, an alcoholic beverage at the end of the night. When and he interrupts me and like stands in front of the TV oh my to talk about QuickBooks or some shit, oh my I'm like, move out of the way. Oh my goodness. Why are you speaking? Yeah, That's why what she are you speaking? I, I, I tune in when she's got it on. You can't. I think that the, why the, are you talking to me? I am watching my program. I'm 80 years old. Leave me alone. I we just, can't. we just interviewed Meredith and Heather from Salt Lake. Uh-huh. Like, I'm a Salt Lake. I haven't I, gotten into Salt Lake, but now oh. that there's a Jen Shaw situation, like, don't worry, I will fully invest my no, listen, Salt Lake's I'm, the best I'm an season. outsider, but this is, it's a wild season. Salt Lake is the best season. Well, I, so I couldn't figure out how to get, I just wasn't getting into it, so then I abandoned, but now that there's a loss, I, I'm in. Your Guys, homework I, tonight is to watch Salt Lake. It's the in, best. And after best. the Dodgers game, I will watch it. You think flipping the Dodgers tables game? Was a big deal. I know Dodgers game tonight. Oh, Dodger, um, Dodger wife, housewives. I don't. But by the way, <laughs> Dodger who? Please. Is Dodger housewife? I, I love baseball. Is legitimately trying to wonder like what the Dodgers are right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I love baseball. So okay. Yeah, that's not as it. chaotic as housewives. But you're I'll a Dodgers fan and not a. I'm not actually a, East a Yankees Coast? fan. Okay. I was gonna say a little bandwagon coming over here from the East Coast. So, you know? to, so we're clear. I'm a Yankees fan, so I know what it's like to be a winner. But um, but I want. That's fucked up. <laughs> but I I realized I used to watch all the games on TV and my like no one here will watch the Yankees, obviously. And everyone's obsessed with the Dodgers. And I, finally, it's been 10 years. I'm like, forget it. I'll just I'll be a Dodgers fan when they're not playing the Yankees. I'm sense. a Housewives fan. Sorry, we grew I can't up with the Padres, So that was disappointing. Yeah, I can literally fun. watch every baseball game. I mean, there was years I went to 40 home games at Yankee Stadium. Like, I just love baseball. It's like wow. very, yeah, but Yankee it's sta- calming. Yankee okay. Stadium's a whole different, I mean, I guess. No, it used to be great. Yeah, Dodgers, Why are you acting like you're like the no, sports I'm, No, because I know, I know what I'm going on here. But he, I, know, he knows. Oh, we had the Padres. I'm like, nobody wanted to go. Like, um, yeah, I guess some Padres. people in San Diego would be pissed off. But Padres. Okay, Padres. so California, Southern California is not the most aggressively competitive sports fans ever. Well, Lakers. People are super Still, like, it's like, that's like, it's like an affect to go no, to the No, the East game. Coast, I would be way more into sports fans because like people really get oh, passionate. They love We have nothing there. else to do. It's freezing half the year. Yeah, so I'm that's like a all jealous you do. of my friends in New York and Boston because they have actually like teams that they get to like. Oh yeah. And like, with. I hate, I hate all Boston I'm teams. taking Wait, a plot Chargers? twist because this is making me like, I can't the with Chargers, how many times they no, disappointed no me? No one cares about the Chargers. I can talk about Housewives and nail polish all day long, but I don't know about the baseball. 
Um, <laughs> God forbid I bring up a sports one second. By the way, the I brought po- it up. I into the up. nail polish Somebody show. fired that guest. You should make a nail polish collection that's based off your favorite team. I should. 100. Thank you for, thank you and for coming up with that great idea. And then you should also make a housewives collection named after each housewife. Yeah. I can tell you who wears what color. But first we need a color named after you. No, I already have an idea that we'll talk about off air oh, okay. for a collaboration that I think would be so cute because I'm especially a fan of your nudes, your light pinks. I like your lilac. And I just feel like it would fit really well on my feed. Yeah, I feel good about that. I feel good about that. If someone had to start with all of your products, like what is the most life-changing product? I am going to say like niche down the acetone nail polish remover because you stick your finger and turn it and no one has time to get a cotton ball. Uh, So... I, you're going to want me to do one product. I'm going to tell you that the Manny system is the life-changing product because it is, it literally has everything you need. Nothing, like you don't need to think about anything else. You get the Manny system, you could do a Manny at home, period. Yeah, and it comes with the nail polish remover. Yes. Okay. It so- comes with the nail polish remover. It comes with the polish. It comes with the poppy. It comes with everything you need to do a salon, like a salon quality manicure at home, period. Can we do a giveaway and a code for the listeners? Yes. Okay. What can we give away? What, should we give away a Manny system? I think we should. Let's do it. Okay, so what you guys have to do to win is you have to follow at Olive in June, and then you have to tell us your favorite part of this episode on my latest Instagram, at Lauren Bostick. I feel like there was a lot of gems in this episode. So the code, and I used my own code the other day, is oliveinjune.com slash skinny for 20% off. Like Sarah said, start with the at-home Manny system. It is so so cute and it will solve so many problems. And honestly, you can just use the code skinny. Just pop on our website at Olive in June and it'll work. Okay. So let's make it easy for you. Code skinny. Code skinny. Code skinny. Easy. What is next for you? Pimp yourself out. Tell us where we can find your Instagram. Give us the juice. Um, I'm so bad at this. What's next for us? We have a couple of innovations, nail related innovations that stuff the world has never seen yet. So we're super excited about that. We launched our pedicure system. So this will be the first summer where actually we have the pedicure system so people can have amazing petties in summer. So that's super fun. And I'm sure we'll be popping up at other retail locations. So there's a lot. There's a lot. 2022 is going to be, well, this, I guess the second half of this year and 22. And then we have, I think, three collabs coming out before the end of the year. So it's really exciting. I mean, I think We've done a lot of work to get the brand to where we wanted it to be, where we could do things like collaborations. Like last summer, we did a collaboration with Nabella, and we did one collaboration last year. Like, it's exciting to be able to do a few this year. People love celebrating moments with different Mannies. And so to be able to give them tons of color and and really make them feel good about themselves is amazing. Sarah, you are someone I look up to so much in the industry. I'm so happy that you're involved in my product line. I'm such a fan of your brand. You guys go check them out at Olive and June. And what's your Instagram handle? My Instagram handle is Gibson Tuttle. I love it. Next one we'll do in Texas. Yay! Texas. We're going to do it in Texas while we're doing manicures on ourselves. How about that? Welcome to your new nail life. And honestly, Michael, I've been staring at your nails this whole podcast. You have like black dirt under your nails. Yeah. (laughs) You need the at-home manicures. It's okay. I was going to do my nails in this podcast and then I got too I have a chip nail, so I'm going to go fix mine. That would be impressive if you did do your nails during the show. I'd be like, that'd be a first. I thought I could and then I just got too excited. Okay. Thanks for coming on. I love you. Be sure to use code SKINNY at checkout on oliveandjune.com. You get 20% off your first Manny system. I'm telling you, this is the only situation where I can paint my own nails. Like, it's so easy, you guys. You have to check it out. That's SKINNY at checkout for 20% off. And if you want to win an Olive and June Instagrammy kit, 
All you have to do is tell us your favorite part of this episode on my latest Instagram at Lauren Bostick and follow at Olive in June. I hope you guys love this episode. We have so many fire guests coming up. I'm so excited. As always, we love your feedback. Make sure you've rated and reviewed the podcast on iTunes. It takes two seconds. See you next time. This episode is brought to you by the Skinny Confidential Products. How fun. You can use Pink Ice Queen at checkout to get 15% off regular items. Get yourself an ice roller. Get one for your boyfriend, your significant other, your girlfriend, your dog, Taylor's razor burn, whatever. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. And it's great with the anti-inflammatory oil. Check it out. Shop SkinnyConfidential.com. 